The current spoiler level warning is Azure. Friends and folks, we're dealing with a spoiler level warning of Azure for this episode. We are talking about Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack, its variations, and also the adaptation novel Hathaway's Flash, which is not the same as the upcoming show Hathaway's Flash. Uh, there will be no spoilers as long as you're caught up with GGP. Please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Mechanista NG, your home for talking about the design of the robots of Gundam. I'm Sixtamar from Scanline Media. I'm Dylan from Online. Dylan, do you have a do you have a preference this week, or are we just are we are we doing the Let, full let's dice do an experience? Actual, let's do the full dice experience because we cheated last week, so screw it. Let's just just let's let, okay. let's let it do it. Okay. And if it gets future century, then whatever, I'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, we'll live. Uh, well, it's late UC, actually. Woo! Uh, so, which means I need to get... At this point, I need to get the D4, because... Uh, oh! Uh, we're running out. Yeah, I forgot. We actually have been doing pretty good on... Uh, like Because late UC, we only have, like, CCA and stuff, right? Because in terms of... Uh -huh. like, yeah. Okay. I get it. And, and variations for CCA are actually not... There's actually not a lot there. There's so not a lot, are... and they tie into the normal ones anyway. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Um, so, we are rolling... I'm rolling a D8 because I can't find my D4, and I'm just gonna, you know, have it. Uh, there's going to come a point in the future where we just don't roll late UC <laughs> for a while until they watch more shows Yeah. GGP. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We've talked a lot about them. Uh, we are talking... Okay. All right. See, this works. What right? is it? What is it? The Sazabi. Woo! <laughs> a good machine. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Sazabi. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. So, yes, this is the MSN-04 Sazabi from Char's Counterattack, piloted by Shar uh, Aznable. Yep. Under his own name. <laughs> well... <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, 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 but you know, uh, the Talking zombie about names uh, is fucking rules. Um, this machine is cool uh, in many ways. Uh, so the Sazabi is how would I how would I go about in initially describing it? Big, big. It is big. <laughs> it is a big mobile suit. Uh, it is a new type use mobile suit because it is equipped with funnels it also has um you know we talked about how a lot of late uc suits kind of stray away from built-in weapons however the mm -hmm. sasabi does have one and it makes me happy because it has a giant mm -hmm. beam cannon in its chest uh so it actually still has a little bit of that late like uh Z double zeta era uc in it with that Rather than just having, you know, all external weapons, which is cool. But, you know, that's its only one, though. But it's just a cool robot. It's big. It's large. Uh, it's red. It uh, has a really... Okay, so has a very, like, you know, Xeon-type design. You know, very rounded armor. Um, 
it is, you know, covered in layers of it too. Like it's got a really chunky rear skirt, a really chunky set of side skirts. Um, everything on this thing is chunky and it's good. Uh, you know, the legs have these like kind of bell bottom things going on with them, which is you know endemic of a lot of Xeon suits. Um, you've got these really really rounded chunky arms. Um, the shoulders have these cool little hangoffs with thrusters in them. Um, it's it, the the chest also has multiple layers of armor. You have like the you know what would be the cockpit if this was a normal mobile suit, but it's not even a cockpit because. As we know, the cockpit is a basketball inside of the head of this thing. Um, mm -hmm. But on the chest, though, you have, like, a nice, um, like, extra layer over where the cockpit would be. And I just think it's cool seeing all that, like, this layering of uh, metal on, on the Sazabi. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's very fancy looking. Um, I, like, I like the uh, little mask like face on it with the mono eye on the top it's just it's good it's good um it's got a mohawk camera it's got a lot of, this thing is covered in verniers you see them on the shoulders like uh, near where they connect to the torso you get them on the coming off of the shoulders with the little uh section of armor with three of them you've got side skirt mm -hmm. ones you've got leg ones you've got you know they're everywhere uh, another thing this thing has that I really love, it has tubing. Uh, the neck has tubes. The chest has tubes. Tubes are good. Um, the side skirt is really large, or the rear skirt is really large, and I love it for that because it's like this weird rear skirt that's big and covered in like boosters and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the backpack has two propellant tanks. I'm always a fan of propellant tanks, so I always think they look cool aesthetically. Just a cool mobile suit. Uh... So, besides the funnels, we have, we we mentioned it has funnels. It also has the <laughs> chest beam. Um, uh, the chest beam is really cool. Uh, so it's a scattering mega particle cannon. So it does like the big spread out like kind of like shotgunny effect of uh beams. Um, Similar to, I mean, uh, uh, it's the Psycho Gundam that we haven't rolled the Psycho Gundam, but yeah. I think most people would be familiar. Yeah. Um. It. And unlike a lot of them, like, a lot of times you get these, like, spread beam guns in various Gundam shows, and they're not actually that effective because usually they, uh, just kind of, like, pierce a lot, but not, like, all the way through an enemy. Like, they just kind of, like, you know, damage uh, over the course of it. But it doesn't, mm -hmm. like, blow up things. Uh, when we see this thing hitting Jagans with the, uh, Mega Particle Cannon in the chest, it just... It, it, it just wipes out, like, an entire section of them with it. Like, it just swipes its chest over. Um, it's great. Love it. Um, a lot of times it gets depicted as being able to both do, like, the spread beams, but also as, like, a single large emission. Like, not, you know, quite as ridiculous as something like the Double Zeta's High Mega Cannon, but, you know, something akin to that. Um, mm -hmm. you get, uh, also, so for handhelds, you get a shotgun, uh, it's a beam shot rifle also. So it has two barrels uh, on it. One is for firing normal beam rifle shots. The other is for, in fact, shotgunning things. Um, hence the weird name of beam shot rifle. Um, it's just cool. It's cool looking. It has a it looks it has a pump action on the bottom of it, even though it's a beam weapon. It's just really fun. That's um, sick. It's got it's got cables going through it like uh you know one of Shara's prior suits the Hyakushiki. 
Um, and I always like when the guns have like the little cables on them like that. Uh, it, it's just a mm-hmm. cool weapon. It's sick. Uh, and then, uh, like everything in CCA, it has a shield that contains missiles because that is just what they love doing in CCA. It has a really cool big mm-hmm. shield uh, with a very fancy shape, but the uh, uh, on the underside of the shield are a couple of missiles. Um, and then besides all of that, you know, you have your funnel set on the back. There's six of them. Uh, they are they are cool. Uh, it is you know they can. Um, they can launch onto its back, like come back to its backpack and recharge, I believe. Um, unlike uh, mm-hmm. the Yagdogas, which are meant to be more. Um, the Yagdogas funnels are meant to be sort of disposable. Even though these mm-hmm. ones look similar, they actually can come back to the Sazabi's backpack, uh, which is neat. Well, just dis- wait, disposable in what? I mean, like disposable, like. Um, At once, I guess once they- they're out of. They, they can't, like, they can't attach to the Yagdoga again. I I, th- I thought it was like they can attach again, but they don't recharge at that point. That might be the case too, but they're they're basically. See, would you even want to put them back though? Because at that point they're dead weight. <laughs> but they're expensive. Are they? They're I just think little. So. They're just little beam guns. I mean, I can't. I imagine. But I by feel this like point, the engine has to be expensive, but maybe not. Uh, and also the the like the psycho. Look, we, not a full we haven't gone into but... the economics of how uh, how <laughs> new type technology, what it costs to put new type compatible technology on a mobile suit. I mean, fair. the thing is, you say that, but then you think about something like the mass production Cubelet, where it has like, what is it, 28 funnels on it, and they have like That's a bunch true. of those. Um, and, That's true. You know, like, I... I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the psychomio on the mobile suit is the expensive part. I don't know if funnels are actually the expensive part, unless they're something like ridiculous, like the new Gundams. But uh, but either way, um, the yeah, Suzabi... I I I, con- I oh. confirmed you're right. They just discard them when they're done. Oh okay, yeah. Because I was just thinking. Well, because that's the problem, right? If it's out of energy, also it probably is not going to be able to fly back uh too well. Sure. Either. So at that point, mm-hmm. you just let it float. Um. It's a bit wasteful, but, you know. I just don't like people littering in space. <laughs> uh, which means Gundam is the perfect series for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Just yeah. a collection of uh, destroyed uh, RX-78-2 beam rifles in low-Earth orbit. <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> yep. Um, just launching out of a ship one time, and you just, you're like, well, we collided with something. Uh, you look out the window, and there's just, like, Half of a Zaku there. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool, I guess. Bummer. I mean, Gundam does have, like, shoal zones in it, which are zones of space where, like, there's so much, like, you know, debris that it's not actually safe for ships to go through there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the other thing that Sazabi has is instead of a beam saber, which it does have beam sabers, um, they are stored in the forearms in a cool way. Um, Mm-hmm. The um, so it can just pop those out and use them as beam sabers. But the cool melee weapon it has is a beam tomahawk on the shield, and the way it works is it has um a beam emitter on either side and basically just forms like a weird sort of big beam sword. It's really cool. Um, 
Am I thinking of a different mobile suit, or does it kind of look like uh, like a Halo like energy sword? It looks kind of like a Halo energy sword. I can see that. And like that shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sometimes uh, it is also given a beam emitter in the middle of the thing uh, as well. Hmm. Uh, so it can also just be used like a regular beam saber. I don't know why you can do that, but you know, can. Um, <laughs> Maybe you need to make a precision cut. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a cool weapon. It's just a, I, I, the thing is beam sabers are boring. Like it's, it's, it's really easy for someone to go, Oh, look, they have lightsabers. It's really cool. You seen one beam saber, you seen them all. Like they're just not exciting weapons. Um, after a there are some again. fun variations, but, but generally you, speaking, yeah. When you change the shape of a beam, like saber or something though, it just makes it stick out more. Even if it's just like a big mm-hmm. weird, like, you know, it's called a beam tomahawk. It's basically just a beam greatsword, though. At that point, um, yeah, I, I can't I can't say more than this. I can just say the name, and we can both nod because I don't want to spoil for anyone. But my favorite melee weapon in all of Gundam is the Arondite. Fair, fair, fair. Arondite's sick. <laughs> um, that is but fair. we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, when you have variations on a beam saber like a beam weapon that just don't use the regular shapes generally i'm gonna like it more not always but generally mm-hmm. i'm gonna like it more than like you know because we talked about it with like the gotralon and, and stuff too in another episode where it's like it has the beam tonfas um just mm-hmm. beams that are sh- things that aren't beam sabers make me a lot happier um and so the sazabi though uh has that and it's really cool um trying to think what else to talk about with the Sazabi. So like I mean just generally speaking from like a design philosophy, right? Um mm-hmm. obviously it's a very big machine. That's one of the things about CCA is these are bigger than normal mobile suits, right? Compared to what we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, they're like end of, they're, they're they're kind of like similar sizes as like the end of double zeta suits which are also huge. Um mm-hmm. just like it, it continues it, it basically everything continues getting bigger up until F91 where they decide, "Oh wait, make them tiny." Um, right right that's that that's that's the arc is they get bigger and bigger and bigger and then they start to make them they start to miniaturize mm -hmm. um but um the sasabi as a machine i find really um it's interesting because i feel like generally if you ask people like the zaku is like shar's machine right people think shar they think the zaku but the sasabi feels like really representative representative of like his philosophy as a pilot to me i i can see that it's I mean, it's like it's it's not gimmicky, but it has a lot of different weapons for different circumstances. It's it's sort of like it's it's a very like it it can do one man army stuff, but it's also just sort of like I want the right tool for any given job. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it might be large, but it's not slow by any no. stretch. It is a, no, no, no. It is a large machine, but a lot of the largeness. It's kind of like Theo from um, Zeta, which is a huge machine, absolute refrigerator of a machine. And it's like, oh, well, that would be slow, right? No. it's it, The reason it's huge is it's mostly engines and fuel. Um, mm-hmm. And it might not have the best mobility as opposed to speed. Like, you know, there's a difference between mobility and speed. Like, it might be a bit larger and clunkier with that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it is fast. It is a fast machine. And, you know, the Sazabi is not, like, by any means a slow plotting machine. It is a large, fast machine. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a lot of times... When he's not fighting Amuro in the movie, you are watching the Sazabi just utterly decimate, you know, like, Jigens and such very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I also really love that this does feel like the, like, you can see the lineage of the Zaku in this, right? Oh, like, yeah. It's so easy. Like, I, listen, I love the Zeong, but the Zeong doesn't feel, the Zeong I love in a completely different way. The Zeong is like, okay, at the end of the war, we're doing something very different. It doesn't look like it's developed from the Zaku. This very much looks like all the lessons of the last, you know, mm-hmm. years packed into one machine. That's fair. Um, and especially because, well, I mean, the Sazabi is developed based on, like, the Giradoga, which, of course, mm-hmm. is a very Zaku-like mobile suit as well. Um, you know. So I could see that. Um... It's it, it it does also feel very like a patently Char machine. Um, it is definitely mm-hmm. one of the ones I associate most with him over over even like the Zaku. Um, really? Huh. Yeah, I for me personally because I like this machine a lot is why. Like I like the Zaku, but I don't think the problem is I I am brain poisoned by knowing too many Ace pilots because of where I got into Gundam from, and so my brain mm. just thinks of zaku as this is the commander unit like you know like especially when it's in fancy colors rather than this is the unit that belongs to char or this is the unit that belongs to you know whoever you know obviously original show especially for people who only really experience the original show i can see why they would have that association it makes sense Mm -hmm. um i just mean for me personally it's just this is the when i think of a char machine i think of this and i think of the yakushiki boat well, and I and I definitely think that um, the Sazabi better, as I say, better represents Char and his his like what he what he wants in a machine, right? The Zaku mm-hmm. is what he had. This is what he wanted. Yeah, and the thing is, the 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 suit, you know, it is made for him. You know, mm-hmm. you have things like the Hyakushiki. The Hyakushiki isn't necessarily made for Char. Uh, no. It is made for it, they 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 failed the Delta Gundam uh, when they were trying to make a transforming Gundam, and he kind of I assume just picked it up. And was like, this is mine now. Like seeing like what they did with it, and he's like, okay, I can I can use this. I can make this work. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously Yazaku, this is something used by everyone. It's not like Shar had like hand in the development of the Zaku. The only kind of thing I would think that Shar has kind of a hand in the development of in, in before is kind of like maybe the Gelgoog, because you know mm. you have the whole and that's even even that I think is more backstory stuff because you have the whole you know the Gelgu versus the Gian for the end of war Zeon thing and I don't right. think he actually helped with development it's just he was the pilot of the test type mm-hmm. Gelgu um but yeah no the Suzabi though is just it is made for Char by you know his his own army and it is made for him and the Zeong uh which I, I feel like the Zeong is like Char taking his dad's car out for a spin it just it's um, it's he pilots it well but it doesn't feel like his machine yeah the Zeong i can see people associating the Zeong with him for sure um and i love the Zeong mm-hmm, but i course. also yeah i don't i don't know if he really had much to do with you know also like the Zeong's development mm-hmm. in the same way you know um yeah but yeah, and then like so with the Sazabi though, like y- y- you get that with him, and then of course you get the weirdness of some variations, uh, namely uh, Kazuhisa Kondo really wanting to make a uh, sort of pseudo mass production uh, brown type Sazabi. Um, mm-hmm. So we which could is go lacking with... a feature that we haven't talked about. Oh, so. oh yeah, okay. So let's actually talk about that feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the psycho frame. Oh yes. Okay. 
Duh, we haven't talked about the Psycho Frame yet. <laughs> so, Psycho Frame. We haven't talked about this on any episode, right? No. I think so. No, we talked about oh. the Psychomu, but that's it. Okay, so the Psycho Frame is something that allows the pilot to control the mobile suit with even more precision. Um, the exact ways it gets described kind of vary, but basically you can think of it as like sort of a Psychomu 2.0. It basically it reads the pilot's will and translates that even more so. Like it is very heavy on that, you know. It's not like a weird machine like mm-hmm. the biosensor which the biosensor doesn't really you know, like if we talk Zeta, the biosensor for the Zeta doesn't really do what like the Psychomu does because the biosensor is affected by other people like that, you know, not even like divorced from Camille. You know, we, we talk about mm-hmm. things like the ghost parade and stuff. And so you run into like, Hey, you know, the, this, this is not just Camille. This is just, you know, this is affected by new types and it's a very like weird technology. The Psychomu is, a, it again, depends on the depiction because there are later depictions of it, but basically the base idea of how it is is, yes, it is enforcing the pilot's will to a uh, rather absurd degree, including on the machine, and you, it can even be said on the people around them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the Sazabi does have a cockpit with a psycho frame, um, which also could explain why Char is able to utterly decimate everything with it, whereas... Um, the the first variant I wanted to bring up uh, does not have that. Um, right. Uh, so it doesn't have that, nor does it have any funnels, because this is one of those weird uses of... Okay. thing about funnels is sometimes, depending on the author, they decide they wouldn't work under gravity because that doesn't make sense. But it depends mm-hmm. on the author of the work. Um, because sometimes they do get shown being used under gravity and they just work. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the ground type Sazabi, uh, does not have them. Uh, Kazuhisa Kondo, uh, being the designer, I can kind of see him being one of the people to be like, no, funnels, funnels are dumb and also they don't work on the earth. Um, but yeah, so it still has like the chest, uh, mega particle gun still has the same shield. Um, it, uh, I'm curious because I see them listing a a Vulcan, and I'm curious where the Vulcan is because I don't I don't see any on the head there. But um, but it also has. I think a beam I see it. There. I think I see it right above, uh, oh. right above the eyes. You see that little dot there? I think that's the Vulcans. Oh, maybe maybe that is then. But uh, so you have that, and then you have uh, also it has uh instead of uh just missiles on the shield. It has the Sturmfaust, the ones that look kind of like uh, World War II era, like German grenades. The ones that are like a grenade on a stick, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know exactly how they work, actually, but <laughs> that's how I describe them. Um, the way that this generally gets painted up is always in ridiculous overdone camo colors, because this is just Kazuhisa Kondo. He is a weird... Uh, m- military otaku type uh, who really loves adding like, things like that. You know, you see some of the illustrations, and besides the camo, they have like zimmerit on them, and they have like m- like plant on them as like kind of like a ghillie over the mobile suit. 
they have. Like he loves adding like these weird textures to everything. Um, and I'm, he also I'm gives gonna them say, bug hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say uh, Kondo is wrong, and mobile suits in like actual camel patterns look like shit. <laughs> um, I sometimes like Kondo's designs, but I will get behind you on. I don't really like camo on a mobile suit. I think it's kind of silly. Um, uh huh. But yeah, uh, he he also loves extending the skirts and everything. Though it's a little bit more understated depending on the art you're looking at. If you look at like the colored line art, it looks pretty normal. Then you look at like one of the uh, uncolored line arts of the uh, MSN 04B, and it's like, oh, he just made this chunkier. Even it's really wide. And um, when I mentioned bug hands, he tends to draw hands as being very like pointy and kind of like they remind me of like if the beer lint or something had five fingers instead of three um mm, sure really weird looking i kind of dig them personally but they're odd um i just wanted to bring it up though because the idea of mass producing you know we have things ideas of mass producing gundams and other ridiculous like mobile suits but this is not very much different from like um, you know, a, uh, them try like, trying to mass-produce a Gundam, but at the same time, it's weird seeing it on something like the Sazabi, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially because it just looks like a Sazabi. It doesn't look like a stripped-down Sazabi. It looks like a Sazabi. Like, it is stripped down a little bit, but you don't look at this and go, oh, this is a mass-production machine. This still looks like a Sazabi. Yeah, this looks Which, like this looks like the Sazabi's been like they just changed the loadout slightly because it's going on a, a planet side mission. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, uh, I, I just have to assume Kondo did it because he likes the design. Um, mm-hmm. Just like how even in later works that uh, take place at later points in time, he still loves giving, uh, he loves putting around Mark Twos and Double Zetas running around on Earth as well. Um. But that's just how he is. Um, besides that, so the thing about the Sazabi is you don't get very many. Um, you don't really get very many prototypes because things are like okay, it's developed based on like the Yagdoga, which is developed based on the Giradoga. So that's like pretty. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty simple lineage. Um, but it just comes from it also just being a you know new mobile suit just made to be its own thing. Uh. There is a B-Club thing that uh, also has a test prototype of the Sazabi. Apparently, it is featured in High Streamer, the novel, though I'm curious about that um, hmm. that claim. Uh, but it basically looks like a Sazabi that has an arm gun. Uh, like, Interesting. If you look at the right arm on it, uh, this is the MSN 04X Sazabi test prototype for those looking at home. Um looks pretty much like a Sazabi in a lot of ways, but its right arm just has a big gun, which is funny. <laughs> I mean, why um, not, right? It's a very odd-looking variant. Um, and again, I'm very curious, though, as to like more details on this, because uh, now, apparently they also keep the funnels in the tail, like the Kibale, which I think is actually a cool idea. I can read that on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, like, read the details. Large hand. I'm wondering if that weapon is actually, uh, uh, over the whole arm, if it's still handheld or what. 
it's really hard to tell unfortunately yeah this is but we just have some very very sketchy line art i'm gonna say that it's like a mega man buster arm it's pretty funny if so. i'm just gonna say that so you don't really get those in gundam that's a very armored core of it you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah so it's like you have that uh then you have a machine from now there are some manga things actually that are a little bit more on the side of spoilery if only because they might adapt the adapt it this is a problem that sometimes comes with talking side story designs um you never know what might be adapted because sometimes things surprise you like you know had you asked me if they would do an animated adaptation of thunderbolt of all things uh like five years ago or whatever six years ago uh i wouldn't have thought so <laughs> um but uh you know, there's a couple of side stories um, that are a little newer that also have some allusions to it. Um, but otherwise, you don't have very many Sazapi variants actually looking at it. And then there's like a couple of things in some future shows that, you know, uh, have callbacks to it. It's just, it's weird. Mm -hmm. There's just not a lot to talk about with uh, variants on it because I, I'm, so, I'm just more, the more I look at this, the more surprised I am. I'm like, huh, surprised no one's really touched the Sazabi. Um, other than uh, uh, you have like a uh, 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 even a thing in Gaia Gear that uh, calls back to the Sazabi, though I'm curious how much it mm. actually does because you know that's uh that's a, a decent while into the future. So. So what I'm wondering is, should we give a, a, a spoiler warning before we talk about a uh, a variant? Yeah, of yeah. The, uh, the MSN 042. Uh, MSN 042. Mm-hmm. I, I, Roman numeral two. I'm talking about the Nightingale. Oh, Nightingale. Nah, that one we, that one, that one we can talk about. Um, duh, Nightingale. I don't know why I'm thinking we need to give the Nightingale its own episode, because it, it would be perfect to talk about this. So the Nightingale, no, mm -hmm. no spoiler there. Uh, Beltorchica's okay. Children, the novel, uses not the Sazabi, but the Nightingale. I, I, most people would not consider the high new and the new to be, like, spoilers to one another, so I, this is why I figure, you know... I didn't think so, but the, uh, I thought that was what you were hinting at. I I now realize oh, no, 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 the, actual, no, no, no. the other, other machine, the other machine you were hinting at, which we definitely cannot talk about. <laughs> yes, well, there's like three other ones that I could have been talking about too, just from uh, sure. Again, novels and stuff too, though that I would be a little uh -huh, bit uh -huh. Um. Well, as the, as the more as the as the less knowledgeable one, you probably know the one I was thinking of. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> which but, I'm uh, excited to talk about at some point. <laughs> so the nightingale the nightingale is the sazabi but bigger <laughs> um it's, okay it's, uh okay it, so listen it has other differences have, have you ever played mario 64 yes you know the title screen where you can stretch out mario's face yes do that to a sazabi <laughs> okay it's the nightingale now, to be fair the nightingale does a lot of really cool new things um so one elephant in the room to bring up with the Nightingale, though, uh, and this is Izubuchi crimes because Izubuchi loves doing this. Uh, he decided uh, the best way to represent Neo Zeon, apparently, is to tag an N over a Z, and it looks very distasteful because it looks, you know, similar to a swastika. And that always pisses me mm. off when talking about the Nightingale, but otherwise I like the machine a lot. Um, that's Izubuchi crimes, though, because as we all know, the man cannot resist... Uh, trying to insert German iconography into everything he's doing with, uh, 
you know, anything in Gundam, regardless of the context. Uh, oh, yeah, this looks it, real bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, I don't know why he does that, um, but, you know, he does it. Um, well, it's just like, you know, this is from the same period that he's adding Stallhelms to Zaku's and stuff, so. Sure, it's just sure. What he, it's just what he does. Uh, the Nightingale itself, though, uh, really neat machine. Um, so, some actual changes. Uh, another Izubuchi staple that it actually has is it has cloth over, like, the uh, limbs where the arms connect to the torso. This is actually done on other Izubuchi designs, such as um, the Alex um, and uh, the, uh, the um, Labors and Pat Labor, uh, specifically like the Ingrams and such, uh, have the coverings over the limbs like that. Hmm. Um, you know. uh, the Nightingale also has a beam shot rifle still, but it's long and it looks cooler because of this because it's a big one. I actually um, like the short stubby one. I love it. Okay, fair enough. I like this one. That's fair. That's um, fair. Still has the uh, Castle Daikun uh, that looks like almost like a musical note uh, emblem on the uh, on one of uh, the front skirt uh, that I always love because everyone always thinks it's like a musical note, but no, it's a C and a D for Castle Daikun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a similar but not quite the same shield. It has a very similar shape to it. It's just not the exact same one. Though. It's got a couple of little differences. Mm-hmm. Um. It's got... Okay, so it still has propellant tanks in the backpack, but the way they work is... So, the backpack is completely changed. The backpack is now two large binders extending outward that are full of boosters, and the top parts of them on the armor have funnels. It has a total of ten of them instead of the usual six of the Sazabi. Um, and then the actual backpack, besides having boosters, also has three um large propellant tanks just kind of shoved in there in a cool pattern that i think looks cool. yeah it looks l- much less like the the regular sazabi as you say ha- is 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 designed a lot based on the the Giradoka. this looks way more cubely yep um this also has a large tail binder uh to hearken to something that the cubelet has um which under the tail binder though rather than storing more funnels it instead just has Two absolutely gigantic propellant tanks under that rear skirt while it's being covered in boosters. Um, which is great. Um, the shoulders still have the, um, like the, you know, that part that underhangs on the Sazabi shoulders with the three boosters is just the regular shoulders on the Nightingale. You can see that it's just got these two sort of long pauldron pieces that come out that have three verniers in them. Uh, Mm mm-hmm. And then uh, the skirts, one major change on the skirts that I like, it has sub-arms uh, underneath. Su- yeah, sub-arms are... It, it adds to this feel that the Nightingale is less... I, I don't want to say monstrous, because I don't think that's a fair... I don't want the negative characterization of that, but it is less aiming for a, a human presentation. Yes, it feels very much like... If you remove the legs from it, honestly, it feels very much like this could be like the start of a mobile armor design rather than a mobile suit, mm-hmm. which is actually why mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I like things that kind of futz with that kind of like I like you know trying to stray away from being too humanoid with mobile suits. It's kind of the irony of Mecha, you know. I like watching these humanoid tanks. I think that they're really cool, but then also I think it's even cooler when you start making them more like quote unquote monstrous or something less I think humanoid. It- Especially compared to the Zabi, it looks like it has a lot in common with the Alpha Azero in design. Yes, I could see that for sure. Um, it also has uh, 
it, it, it has two cannons in the chest now, uh, instead <laughs> of just one. Uh, one on either side. Um, which is, you know, that's rad. Sure, it has that. why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, sorry. The beam cannon is still in the center of the chest. I forgot, it's underneath that plate of armor. Those side things are actually Vulcans. It just never uses those in anything. Like uh, those know, must be some high caliber Vulcans to be that. They big. look like cannons. Yeah, they're big. Those are not like normal Vulcans. Uh, it, it unfortunately doesn't get to use those very often. Actually, I I forget that it has those as Vulcans because you know, in its playable appearances or in video games, it never uses them. Not in SD mm-hmm. Gundam G Generation. Not in SRW. Not in um, Gundam Extreme Versus. It has a um, lot of other weapons to work with. <laughs> it does. It does. Is the thing. <laughs> Uh, still retains the big, um, the large, uh, beam tomahawk. It still retains the beam savers. They're still stored in the forearm in a similar way as the Sasabi. Well, and Um, because of the, because of the design changes, it can use the beam tomahawk and its shield and then have the beam sabers on its two subarms. Yes, that's actually a common, um, that's actually a common pose for it and a lot of, like, uh, modern things as well. Like, uh, you know, when they, when they, uh, had the robot them what it was it the metal robot spirits of it um because it has the sub arms one of the poses was literally it holding two of the sabers in the skirt arms and then it also holding the tomahawk out like just triple meleeing uh <laughs> it's ridiculous and i love it i love sub arms actually and if we ever get to do advance of zeta i'll get to talk more about them um as well uh but the sub arms are cool i Speaking on adding like non-humanoid functions, the idea of adding small little support arms to a mobile suit to do other functions is really cool to me. Um, it's pretty then, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but besides that, I mean, that's basically it. It is, it is just a bigger, meaner Sazabi with a really cool shape. Um, it, it, I think, if you were to stand a Sazabi next to it, the Sazabi would actually still be taller. But this is more massive. You yeah. know, I have. Uh, I I bought the re one hundred of that when it came out, and I have that on my shelf. And you know, it is not just much gigantic. else on your shelf, apparently. Um, well, no, it's got a no. It actually, there's so I put it in the corner. It's just funny because yeah, I can have like a little uh Zaku. Maybe I'll even take a picture of it and send it so you can attach it and show off the uh the size <laughs> okay. difference with a master grade Zaku. But you know. Uh, um, you could have like two or three Zaku's underneath each binder and using them as shade, kind of. You know, like if it was a really <laughs> hot day outside, it's ridiculous. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I really like silly machines though, and this thing is really fun to me because of that. Um, you know, uh, it's yeah, it's just it's it's a long Sazabi though is the best way I would describe mm-hmm. it. Um, I think ultimately I I appreciate this machine more than I like it. I think I think there are a lot of cool things about it, but it just doesn't apply to my, my uh, sensibilities of of mobile suit elegance the way that the Sazabi does. That's fair. That is very fair. Um, I just I you know we'll we'll be able to get into it the more we get into like other suits I like. I really like uh. I like very extra machines, and the, the Nightingale, that's a very good way of describing it, is it's a very extra machine. I mean, like, um, I'm just sitting here dreading the moment we roll the Hazel or the Wound Ward. <laughs> uh, don't dread. Don't dread, it'll be fun. Hazel, Dylan, I think you, I think you'll like the Hazel. I think it's not that I will. It's not that I will dislike them, even though they are not totally my aesthetic. It's that we'll be here for three hours. 
Uh, yeah, we will. Um, <laughs> look, I look. There's a lot to talk about with them. Uh, there is, there is. But um, yeah, you love um, yourself. Uh, you love yourself. Uh, uh, take a human shape and then put way too many things on top of it. That's your, that's your vibe. Look. Well, okay, they do, they, okay, I can't get too much into it. I can't get into it, because this is not an episode on Advanced Potato Machines. This is an episode on the MSN-04 Suzabi. I cannot, I will endeavor my best not to get into it. But, yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, so here's what we should do, Six, real quick. Okay. Um, we're nearing the end of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, hmm. yeah, no, we, we will wait on these, actually. There were a couple of designs I thought maybe would be fun to talk about, but, you know, I think they are deserving their own episode, actually. Um, so, there's, there's a couple of designs that are cool that I could talk about with relation to the Sazabi, mm-hmm. but let's, we'll hold off on that. Okay. Uh, because we've gone 40 minutes. This is a good episode, I think. Yeah, we, we spent some time. Um, and yep. we talked about it, you know, this was this was all killer, no filler. What a great machine. Yeah. This is Zobby. Yep. All right. Uh, but if you want to uh, to surpass your, your mortal shell and gain new type powers, you should probably follow Dylan on Twitter. Where can they do that? You can follow me at lowpolyrobot on twitter.com. I had, uh, I've been posting a game called Echo Knight. Uh, right now, because I mostly actually post me playing video games, because it's the easiest thing to live tweet about, but, uh, you know, uh, it is a horror game on the PS1 made by From Software. It's really cool. Um, between that, you'll see me talking about Advance of Zeta designs, as well as uh, designs from Ara Battler Dunbine, specifically the side, uh, side book, um, Ara Phantasm, which was a B-Club special book. Um, speaking of Izabuchi, he also worked on all of that stuff! Everything in Dunbine was him! Almost. Huh. Yeah. Guy Guy does no a lot camo. of robots I like. I just get mad at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just get mad oh, at no, him. I'm for thinking of Kondo, things. not Izabuchi. Oh, you're thinking of Kondo. No, no, uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, Izabuchi. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get yes, mad at okay. him. I get mad at Izabuchi for completely different reasons, but yeah. Um, he does He does a really good bug robot, though. I'll, I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and... I'm curious if you decide to continue with Echo Knight because recently Jen and I streamed some Echo Knight Beyond from the PS2. Mm-hmm. That's a really in- do you know that about that one? Uh, that's the one that actually. So I am playing Echo Knight one and two on the PS1 in order to prep myself for playing Echo Knight Beyond because I know the problem with me will be if I play the one that's a sci-fi future one, I will be way less likely to go to ones that have past time periods, which is what yeah, the original yeah. Echo Knight and Echo Knight two are now. Echo Knight 1 does a really cool thing of you being able to explore multiple periods in it, um, which is cool. But uh, Echo Knight Beyond, from what I know, is way more on the sci-fi end of things, right? Uh, it's set on the moon, so yeah. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah. so <laughs> I was like, I know it's on like a space base or like a station or a moon. Uh, uh-huh. on the moon. Okay, so uh-huh. that yeah. makes sense. Uh, now, I want to play that one really bad, but I also want to beat this one first. Of course, you gotta, you gotta get do. there. I just hope you'll I know keep what going. I'll do. I just I'll, hope you'll keep going. Uh, yeah, I'll start it and then uh, I'll never go back to the other one. Is what will happen. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm glad to hear. Did you, I did y'all like it? 
Yeah, yeah, we were having a really good time with it. Was nice for me because I'm a I'm a horror baby, and I assume this is probably <laughs> the case for the other Echo Knight games as well, where they're like kind of unsettling, but they're not like super they're, scary. They're not super scary. So Echo Knight One, uh, just to quickly explain. Sorry for people who are here for robots, but we're on the closing segment anyway, so you can deal with this. Um, so in Echo Knight <laughs> One, the way it works is the ghosts are able to they. There are very specific ghosts in each area, and they wander around up until you turn on a light in the room, which usually the lights are actually right by the doors, so as long as you're being smart about it, you walk into a room, you immediately turn to your left or right, and you flip the switch, and then the ghost is gone. Um, and then they don't come back to that room. The light stays on. Uh, so a lot of the times, there are some times where there are hallways with like weird hidden lights and stuff in them, uh, so like there mm. will be a ghost in there, and they're spooky, but it's a lot more tense... The tension comes from you trying to flip the light switches and, like, you know, do these puzzles and stuff in the dark rather than the ghosts themselves, which I really like. It actually uh, reminds me of a current popular game that is out right now that people play called Phasmophobia that I actually mm. have been playing um, because my friends all got it. And I am a horror baby, but if it's a co-op game, I can play it. But yeah, I, I too am a horror baby, but I think Echo Knight 1 is actually not so horrifying that i actually like do the thing where i kick away from my desk at high speeds while playing it mm -hmm. um like i did with like alien isolation or like amnesia and stuff sure um so echo knight one though is just I, I it's also a great looking game uh from software uh later ps1 game looks amazing i love it a lot the environments are just really good um then again, I just love low-poly environments. People that follow me on Twitter will know this. <laughs> um, I would recommend it, though, if you have the time. Uh, I don't think Echo Knight 2 has been translated, but I'm gonna, I was going to try to dig around for it. And if not, I'm still going to load it up and mess with it anyway. Because, yeah. Um, how, okay, so because I know it's on a space station, last question uh, before we close up. Uh, do you still flip light switches on the space station? <laughs> no, there's a different method. Okay, I figured. Mm -hmm. Um just had to ask anyway six there's a little bit of game talk there <laughs> but um well I don't if ever you want... say that where people can find you i know i'm not usually the one to do that you, you, oh. you're usually the one to ask it but where can people oh, find you, know. you six <laughs> Uh, so I'm on Twitter at SixDetmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. I tweet some, but mostly if you want my material, you actually want to go to ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. And speaking of old games, coming up uh, this month, it, it probably will take still a, a week or two maybe to get it get it done and, and edited. Uh, we are continuing our ongoing uh, series of podcasts where we're playing through the Shenmue games. We're going to be doing one on Shenmue 2 soon. Shenmue's, that sounds good. Shenmue's weird and 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 great. It's what a what I, a strange I, thing. I do always wonder if I should go back and try them. Um, given that I've played Yakuza and people have told me basically Yakuza is a very refined version of it, so I'm curious. But, I feel like you know. I feel like the thing about Shenmue is it's very much a like. <sighs> there's a sense of reality to it where like the start of Shenmue one is that your dad gets killed by these by this like you know like these Chinese mafia types who head back to china right mm -hmm. um and it's such it's so not an anime or a video game and that you are just this teenager going like okay i want to get revenge for my dad what the fuck does that mean i guess i'll work at the warehouse to get money for a ticket to china like it's <laughs> so you are such a clueless teen with this goal that doesn't make any sense it feels it feels really interesting in that way that actually feels pretty cool i'll have to i'll have to try checking those out at some point mm -hmm. Anyway, 
Amaro. <laughs> um, uh, wait, uh, you know if what? If we're doing the CCA, uh, hmm, show those viewers your so-called wisdom? I think we already did that one. Oh, we did? Fuck! Um, I, I, I was going to say, uh, you can change the destiny. I already knew that. <laughs> Peace. Sakonikaeru. <laughs>